You're listening to the Lord's Army Radio Dispatch. The Lord's Army Radio Dispatch is the audio branch of lordsarmy.org, a Christian training ministry. During this weekly podcast, you'll meet individuals on the front lines of battle with the world. You'll meet Christian leaders, pastors, and lay people, all of whom have been used to the glory of God. If you are a Christian, then we encourage you to become an active duty soldier and join the battle that's going on around you every single day. Come join the Lord's Army. Thank you for listening to the Lord's Army Radio Dispatch. I'm Skip Wilson, and this week we're going to be discussing a very important topic, namely what you, as a Christian, are supposed to do with your own life, not only in personal accountability, but how part of what you should be holding yourself accountable for is how much you help others. My name is Chris Rondo. I'm 50 years old, married. I have two teenage sons. Um, I am a, an engineer, have been for 25 years working in the aerospace industry. And now I'm actually transitioning out. Uh, my company is closing down this facility and I'm transitioning into full-time ministry. Uh, with a ministry called Man in the Mirror. Uh, Some may have heard of the book that came out about 30 years ago. Uh, Some people know it from the Michael Jackson song, but uh, we have nothing to do with the music. Uh, But it does come from the same Bible verse of James chapter 1, verses 23 to 20 through 25, about uh, don't be like the man who looks at his reflection in the mirror, and when he walks away, he forgets what he does. Uh, Be hearers and doers of the word. So we're here to help churches reach men at the heart level. Uh, we found that men, even Christian men, church-going men, don't understand their purpose or their mission of why they're here, why they're on this planet. And we're here to help pastors reach those guys to help them find their Ephesians 2.10 purpose of why they were created, by, uh, created through Christ by God to do great things uh, that he has laid out for us to do. So we all have a purpose and a mission. And we're just helping churches reach their men to find out those missions in life. So where do you think Chris got this passion for men's studies and men's accountability groups? Well, it's because they've helped him in his own journey. I was a believer for many, many years. Um, And after the Promise Keepers movement started in the mid to late 90s, I really enjoyed the small groups of men that I was in. In the year year 2000, I experienced a a men's study on the south side of Atlanta. Uh, It was called Joshua's Men. It's where 12 men got together for a full year, read a book a month. We had a different prayer partner every month, and it was very highly accountable, very invested in knowledge, but changing your life. And that was the first time I really realized what true accountability was with two guys that I'm still friends with today, 19 years later, from that Bible study. And I haven't lived there for 15 years. In case you think that accountability is something that you can just do for a short time and then mark it done— it works a little differently than that. It's something that you must engage in throughout your Christian walk. I was leading a men's group at the church I was in, but I, I, was, I finally realized after many years of I needed to have a class of 300 men. I needed 400 men in this class. I was at a big church, but I realized I was doing ministry for myself. I was doing it for my own recognition. Mm-hmm. And through a, a crisis moment on a business trip, won't go into details, but God called me on the mat and said, are you going to deal with this again? Or are you going to make me take everything away from you? It was one of those things where the hypocrisy of one foot outside of the church and one foot in, it was ministry all about me. Uh, So finally, about seven, eight years ago, this one gentleman said, if you're ready to be accountable and overcome some of these 
besetting sins in your life, I will hold you accountable. So we got into a five o'clock in the morning, read a chapter a day, meditate, pray on it. How's God going to apply that to your life today? Where will you let him change you? And I did that for 28 days. And then I did it for another 28 days. And after that, he said, you go find five guys and you do it with them. You lead them into the word. And the magic bullet was not me telling or teaching them anything. Right. The magic bullet was getting these men in front of scripture every day and saying, you know, it's that proverbial, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite yeah, at one a bite. time, right? So one chapter at a time, one verse at a time, one phrase at a time. What's God telling me to do in my life? So why do you think that after much prayer and much thought, Chris determined that his goal was to focus in on men in our society? Men, I think, are a forgotten genre or gender of person in the church today. Uh, if you look at some of the worship music, if the word Jesus or God isn't mentioned in some of them, and they sound much like love songs, it's kind of feminized. Some churches will have pink carpets. Um, I, I like it when you go to a church and you see a couple sitting on a couch sharing testimony of what God's doing, and the women are sharing, but the men are just sitting there silently saying nothing. Sure. Um, God created man to be the leader of the home spiritually. Uh, physically, he is the stronger, but men and women are equal shares in the grace of God. Man does, man does have the final hearsay or lead in his family's decision-making. Sure. Um, if you look at society, po politics, the way it's going, look at society, the way it's pushing the gender issues with 54 different genders, not just two. Um, men are forgotten. Uh, there's a great resource out there, a book called The Boy Crisis, and it talks about how you're trying to fit boys and girls in the same educational model when they're in fifth and sixth and seventh uh, years old, fifth, sixth, and seven years old. But at that age, boys are more tactile, active, mm -hmm. jumping around. They need to be mission-oriented versus sitting at a desk, reading, watching film strips, whatever. My right. son said when he went to first grade, he says, I don't like it being here. It's like, why? He says, they don't let us play around anymore. We got to sit at a table and color all day. Society is kind of molding genders into all one lump sum right now. But what we're trying to see is to return the man as the leader of the home spiritually. Um, as we like to say, to get um, the world right, we need to get the church right. To get the church right, we need to get families right. To get families right, we need to get the men right. What is it in particular about getting men right with God that in particular has an impact on society? We're focusing on the men, and I'm not going to take away one bit from abused women shelters, sexual exploitation, children's ministries. I think those are all wonderful ministries that need to be there. Absolutely. But this sounds a little egotistical, but I would like to say a lot of these problems may not be there if a man was following God and living his life for Christ and his family. So these actions would not happen. The reality is, is that wicked men are at the heart of quite a lot of evil that's going on in our world, from school shootings to you name it. It's usually a wicked man at the heart of it. And so by focusing in on men and getting men right with God, it has a huge impact on society. It's just like we discussed a few weeks ago when we talked to Zena from Switch, pornography, something that impacts a shocking number of men, has a horrible and major impact on the sex trafficking industry. In fact, it fuels it. 
up to, in the last 30 days, 65% of men that are churchgoers voluntarily sought out pornography. That's 65% of the men sitting in the pews. Wow. Uh, Franklin Graham has shared that he believes that 90% of men in America have issues or struggles with pornography, uh, which then leads to dissatisfaction in marriage, which leads to divorce, Correct. all these different things. So um, I th it's almost the the 500-pound gorilla in the room that people aren't really addressing. So how do you begin to deal with this problem? How do you begin to take on the struggles like this? Well, it turns out that it's pretty much the same way you deal with everything else. You outline what the goal is, and then you determine the steps to get there. It's just like we said last week in the Lord's Army Radio Dispatch. Sincere prayer and consistent actions, practical actions, is how you change anything and everything. One, you have to have a target and a mission that you're shooting for. So we, we asked them, if you were to have a man in your church for five years, and that's just a, a figurative number, but you were to have a man right. in your church for five years, what would you like him to understand about God, Christ, the Bible, himself, and the world? So their definition of a disciple looks like this, a male disciple. So we look at all of the ministry opportunities that they have in their church to see if these ministries will create this disciple, mm. you know, input, output. Right. Unfortunately, what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of serving opportunities, doing things, paint this, build that, make food for this, have this celebrity come in. So there's 20 things going on. But we have men that are on, they're falling short in two of those five categories. Right. So what we try to help them do is to say, can you have at least these in place to create that? Those other 15 ministries are still good. They're producing disciples, but they're probably not as impactful to the maturity of those men. They're just activities. So we want to see, does their model create what they're trying to do? As you look at this, Chris has actually outlined four different types of men. The natural man puts himself first in everything. God's right. not even the picture. Sure. A, culture, a cultural man puts himself first and God second. A biblical Christian will put God first and himself second. Okay, God, I want to give you this. What's in it for me? The sure. disciple maker will put God and others before himself. So as a believer, I want to help you become a stronger believer. And in turn, I may have somebody who's pouring into me. It's denying yourself, the whole Luke 9.23. Right. Deny, deny, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. I want to know what it's going to take to help the body grow stronger without me being in the center of it. And so, like we've discussed, it's all about outlining what you're trying to do and then putting a plan together to get there. So how do you reach these four different types of men? What motivates them. Give them what they need in the context of what they want. If you try to provide an opportunity for men that aren't church, they're not heavenly minded. They're not church goers. They're, they're men that need Christ. That's the natural man. Right. Then you have a, then you have a cultural Christian. You have a man who's just, and that was me just inside or just yeah. outside the church doors. Then what we call a biblical Christian who's in the word, he's tithing, he's serving, but he's trying to say, okay, God, I've done all this stuff for you. What do I get? But what we're trying to create is disciple makers. That's the fourth mm -hmm. type of man in a church is a man who's willing to pour into other guys, not, not condemn, 
can can we judge and look at their be look at their fruit to become a fruit inspector? Sure, we should be. We're supposed to be accountable to one another. Right. Um, but we want to help churches create opportunities or events, call them, about these four different spirituality types. And you can then reach them by finding out what they'll understand. It's all about meeting people with where they're at, right? It's like the Apostle Paul said, to the Jew, be a Jew. To the Gentile, be a Gentile. It's not about being fake, but it's just simply about meeting people where they're at. Like, for example, when he was speaking in Acts 17, Paul started with the local deities and the local gods and with concepts that they would understand and then moved from there to the law and the gospel. You can't just begin at a destination. You have to bring people on this journey. And so you may be thinking to yourself now, well, that all sounds great, but I'm not sure when I would have time for all of this. I don't know when I have time for personal prayer and discipleship and all of this. My life's just too busy. Well, let's tell you about a magic hour. Not really a magic hour. It may not be the best time for everyone, but it happens to be the exact time that Chris and I have both set aside for this. Not every moment is a pillar of fire. Of, of God uh, illuminating something for you. Sometimes it's dry. We go through seasons of the desert. We go, but if you're not putting yourself in that opportunity to hear from God, you're not going to. Mm. So that's why the, the 5 a.m., the daily situation, um, get in the word, try to be enlightened by something. One day could, could change your world. Just when one scripture is illuminated to you and it drives you to the next one and to the next one. Um, 5 a.m. is a sacrifice. I'm not a morning person, but I think God will actually uh, bless those times that we're willing to put him first in the beginning of the day. I'm, when I do those, I'm up before my wife, before my kids. It's quiet. I'm in the yeah. kitchen under one light. It's, it's this isolation that says, okay, God. Here I am. I'm calling you to show me something new today. I think it's a moment that's just special. And why? Not? And if you're tired at 6 a.m., go back to bed. But at least for that day, you're starting. We and we did it for a full hour. Right. So you read, reread, pray, meditate. And at 6 a.m., you text back. I'm going to take this verse with me today, and I'm going back to sleep because it's Saturday. I'm not getting up till nine. When you faithfully do this, when you are purposeful and who you evangelize, and making sure that you are indeed discipling someone, not just being discipled by someone, but discipling others. When you make sure that you are being faithful to Scripture and helping others in their own journey, it has absolutely massive impact for the kingdom, for the world, for the community, for your eternity, for their eternity, and it has a massive impact for your right here and now as well. It creates support. Last year, I had the flu for two weeks. I lost my father, uh, died of cancer. I lost my mother. I had major surgery in the middle of July. In the middle of, in the, middle of the two passings, I had surgery. And then later in that year, I found out that the, my, current, my current job would be closing and going away. So those are yeah. all cataclysmic things. Right. But every time I sent a prayer request out to my accountability group, I had men coming to my house people praying for me. And it was not a sign of weakness. It was a sign of right. James chapter five saying, when you, the, 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 uh, the prayer of a powerful righteous man will avail us much. You'll, you'll right. lead somebody from his sin. You will be blessed when that happens to you. Paraphrase. 
but I was out there reaching men to circle around me because I was struggling. And it was just amazing to feel the prayers, to feel the need, people serving when I needed things. Um, and I went through that whole year of how can God use this situation instead of, oh, no, why is this happening? Why did you take mom away? Why did you do this? How come I'm – no, it was how can I use this to glorify him instead? And that, that was the whole difference of perspective. The Christian life is indeed one that is to be lived out in community, in love for each other. Christian hospitality and Christian community are at the heart of the Christian gospel and the Christian message. So don't be afraid to reach out for help when you need it, because there's not only a blessing in you for receiving help, but there's also a blessing to others. When you're vulnerable, you're giving an opportunity for someone else to receive a blessing. That's a good thing. You know, sometimes men like to retract. When something goes wrong, they retract and become single. They become alone. They keep it inside, all that stuff. And, and I would say, don't do that. <laughs> it sounds that too simple, but don't do that. Go, go find somebody that you can talk with. They may not fully empathize with you, but they could guide you to somebody that can. And in, in that, you could dig your own foxhole and invite two or three men in. You will find somebody, looking at the statistics we talked about earlier, the chances right. are of you finding somebody else that has the same struggle you have, it's very high. Men, a lot of men deal with the same things in little different Absolutely. ways. So don't go it alone. Try to find somebody. Uh, take the initiative. You know, if you look at John chapter 11, you know, Lazarus had just died. Jesus said, no, 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 we're not going. And his disciples said, what? Well, don't, don't go there. They tried to kill us, right? They tried to kill right. you. Don't go. Well, he then kept praying. And later on, Thomas said, you know what? We will go and die with you. So be willing to get into someone's life, to take a risk with them. Guys want to share emotionally. They do. They, they, they just don't know how to do it in a public setting. So sure. it has to be done in the right environment. So be willing to share your feelings. Find somebody that you can talk with. Doesn't have to be a pastor. Doesn't have to be a minister or a teacher. You know, we're all we're all laymen ordained to do our jobs in the world around us. So absolutely, just find somebody that can hold you up. A big thank you to Chris for joining us this week from Man in the Mirror. If you would like to listen to the full interview between he and I, you can do so at our YouTube page, which you can access through our website, lordsarmy.org. This concludes this particular dispatch from the front lines of the Lord's Army. If you want more information or content, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Apply what you have learned in this episode. Remember, you do not become a great man or woman in Christ without taking action. One easy way you can help spread the gospel right now is by subscribing to our podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, just by liking us and leaving us a review, you can have a massive impact in how many people we reach. Go out there. Take action. Join the battle. LordsArmy.org